When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Analyst Inside Cricket and England revived themselves with an innings and 55 run win against Pakistan to level the series and I suppose we'd say Simon thank God because after that first test it was pretty dismal prospects. First thing I'd say is where's the decider? Two match series they're they're a bit unsatisfying aren't they? I mean you really want a decider now just to test both teams whether Pakistan could come back from this and whether England could keep well, I, I don't get too carried away with you know revival. I wouldn't. I think it's probably over-egging it a bit. Uh, but we'd be great to have a, a decider. But two months of white ball cricket now before Test cricket resumes. Now you are not getting overboard about England here, are you? Because this is really what England should have done in the first Test, I suppose. I mean, you're looking at the Pakistan side, only four of whom had played a Test match in England before, coming to Laws and making them themselves look like veterans and England look like amateurs. And now the tables have been slightly turned by England seeming to sort of come out of what appeared to be a bit of, I suppose, lethargy, complacency. In a way, I hate actually accusing professional sportsmen yeah. either of those things because, you know, when you turn out on the field, you're not... Sort of feeling lazy. You're not just going especially the, the blame for England. I'm well, going to say, yeah, no, of course. I mean, you're, you're of course you're not going through the motions or not trying or you know not valuing the opposition. But I suppose you need that extra five percent to win a Test match and to play well. And England didn't have that five percent in the Lords Test. They really looked a bit a bit sort of lacklustre in some way. And I suppose. You know, when you start losing early wickets, you've made the wrong decision at the toss, and you start getting under the cosh by a bowler that you haven't seen much of before, Mohammed Abbas. And I spoke to Trevor Bayliss about this actually. I said, you know, in a way, maybe Mohammed Abbas sort of caught you by surprise a little bit. And he said, well, yeah, you know, and they were nice seeming conditions, sort of perfect for him. And he obviously exploited it very well. And, you know, the, 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 the sort of dis- disappointment kind of infects the team then, and lack of morale. Kind of gets gets into a bit of a sort of disease, and then suddenly you've lost a test match mm. almost before you've blinked, and suddenly everybody's descending on you, saying you're a load of crap. Well, of course you're not a load of crap, but you've got to apply yourselves a bit more strategically to deal with a quite useful, quite a vibrant young opposition. And England have done that in this test match. They have in this game. I think the real disappointment, two disappointments about Lords. First, England had a really bad winter, didn't win a test match, so everyone said, well, they come home, you expect to do well at home. The other thing is the conditions at Lords. It wasn't, I mean, sometimes you go to Lords and it, the pitch is flat, and they're, they're almost subcontinental, the, the conditions. You know what I mean? Really flat pitch, yeah. dry pitch, big, high, high scoring. Yeah. That wasn't like that at all. The Lords pitch actually was quite well suited to England, as it turned out, it was quite well suited to Pakistan's seamers as well. And this so was this pitch. I mean, they got quite a lot out of this pitch at Headingley, they got the ball to move around, but as with England at Lords, they didn't get the runs on the board, so England could control the game. First innings runs, absolutely vital in, 
in test cricket. You ask your bowlers to drag it back. It's not that easy to do. And in fact, a good example in both these games of how you can lose a test match in the first two hours. You don't generally win one in the first two hours, but both teams... As a batting side. As a batting side, because, well, if you bat first, it's much more dangerous to bat first in conditions where it's sort of 50-50, because if you lose... Five for eighty or five for a hundred or something, and finish up bowled out for under two hundred. Often you're then chasing the game and then struggling to get back into it, and that's what happened to England in the first test and Pakistan in the second test. I mean, I suppose it must be exasperating for the coaching staff to see England or taking a test match to get going, but actually the preparations of Pakistan were better mm. because, as we've said before on this show, two or three warm-up games for Pakistan and a test match in Ireland, which probably encouraged them to find the right lengths to bowl at Lords. So they had uh, they were in the groove by the time that they arrived at Lords, whereas England were kind of pulling out players unexpectedly and a new selector and it was all you know some players coming from the IPL and it was there was no cohesion about it at all. Whereas actually here you could see the way they were uh, preparing for the game, some of the kind of field drills that they were doing, bowling groups, warming up before play. There was much more unity about this team, about England, and they knew what to expect this time from Pakistan, and they dealt with it excellently. Joe Root, I thought, said the most pertinent thing after the match. I mean, Trevor Brady also said, made me laugh when he said he was asked about his position, you know, if England lost. He said, the only thing that worries me is whether I'm going to wake up the, the following day. But the Joe Root, to me, said the most pertinent thing was just, let's not use this win, though, to paper over the cracks. And I think, you know, England cricket supporters will be realistic about this performance. Come to Headingley, these conditions, you'd expect... England's seam bowlers to bowl Pakistan out, an inexperienced batting lineup in those conditions. The challenge for England, as Trevor Bailey said, is to continue with that consistency, and they haven't been able to find that consistency. So, you know, we've always had, or always seemed to be able to come back from a defeat with a good performance, but can we just put the, the victories together? I don't think this side is so good that actually it will be able to beat. That consistent. I think you know, one, of the, the, one of the problems for England with their consistency is it's not they're, not they're not trying or anything like that. I just don't think they're they're quite at the level they used to be. I don't think they're quite as good. And and you know inevitably, if you're not quite as good, teams from time to time are going to take you down. Well, and also one of the reasons why they're, they're going to struggle with consistency is if you look at it, how many of the England players, this eleven that played this match, say, are at their peak? Probably, I'd say one, Johnny Bairstow. Ben Stokes didn't play, so you could sort of count him in that category as well, obviously, if he's fit. But other than that, there are either players who are slightly old in the tooth. Probably Stuart Broad has revived himself slightly. But Anderson and Cook are definitely players who are still good, mm-hmm. very good. But they're not quite as, as good as they were probably five years ago. Joe um, Root? What about Joe Root? I, I, Joe Root's just struggling a bit at the moment. I, 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 he's not quite at his peak. I mean, he's got a lot of 40s and 50s. We know that. He hasn't made too many hundreds recently. So he's a, a fantastic player. He hasn't reached his peak yet, definitely. He's 25 years old. He'll reach his peak in two to three years' time. And then the rest, Chris Wokes hasn't really quite recovered from the injuries he had a year and a half ago or a year ago and the others are pretty much you know young players yeah. so I, I don't think there's many apart from Bairstow and to a lesser extent Stokes who are really at their peak therefore England are going to have a lot of shifting performances yeah I, I mean, it's probably actually it's a very good analysis that it's, it's probably 
the, the same point from just looking from a, from a different angle, that overall they're not that good a side for that reason that you point out. India are coming, lots of white ball cricket, but I mean, we could just speculate ahead. I mean, India, five test series, in, English conditions. I mean, you never quite know what you're going to get with India. I mean, England have thumped them a, a few times and then India have come here and done well a few times as well. You get, just get a sense from India that they are really looking at this tour and they, they're desperate to come here and perform well. They, they weren't very good last time. They were actually really poor last time. England swept them aside. I, I think it's, that is going to be a, a real challenge. I think if England win that series, I think that really will be, you know, to use a cliche, you know, feather in their cap, if they are able to beat India this summer, just depending on what sort of Indian side turns up very strong at home. Of course, they're number one in the world, and they don't, you don't get to number one in the world you know, without good reason, but they, haven't, they don't play a huge amount of cricket abroad or they haven't recently so that's how the rankings are done I mean just my sense that that, that really will be a significant victory for England if they can beat India later and of course you know backing up what you said about this series it would have been nice to have had a third test a sort of decider to continue that the narrative that had been unfolding well with India we have got a proper five test series yeah. so there will be lots no of, hiding place no, exactly yeah. and there'll be lots of little tiny uh, nuances and, and little stories going on underneath the big story to follow. So so that'll be exciting when we get to August. And, of course, one of the players who will be really champing at the bit to try and play in that series, we've got a, a little chat with here because it's Dominic Bess who probably got into the England side slightly by default. He got in because his Somerset colleague Jack Leach was injured, so he got called up slightly out of the blue. He might stake a claim to play in the August series against India if he takes a lot of wickets for Somerset, but in the meantime, he's played his first two tests, and I asked him if test cricket was all it was cracked up to be. Yeah, more. Like, it's amazing. Um, two weeks ago, I don't think I would have been... Well, say two weeks ago... Um, you would have taken your first wicket for England, scored your first 50, um, done the performances. Um, I would have certainly taken it. It's, unbelievable. it's been an unbelievable two weeks for me. Because mm. um, well, you, you wouldn't have even expected to play about three no. weeks ago, and now you've got a Test 50 and a Test 3 for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, that's, that's sport, isn't it? It's funny how things come around. You work very hard for it. Um, and you never know when it's around the door. It's funny because you never know when it is around the door. Like Sammy Curran was playing golf and he got called up and now he's made his test debut. Made I think you were in Ikea or something. Right? I was in Ikea, yeah, I was. Um, still need to get the sofa as well. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, unbelievable. Sort of, It's been an unbelievable two, three weeks. And, and what uh, has given you the most pleasure, actually, from a personal point of view? Obviously, it's lovely to win a game, but what about from your own performance? Um, how I've approached it. And the confidence I've taken to know that I can do it at this level, um, I can perform, which um, excites me a lot because obviously I'm only 20. Um, the one thing I'm quite surprised is how much obviously media attention you do get. Um, so that was quite interesting. But yeah, just how I can do it, like you can, um, I can perform at this level. Yeah. And bowling-wise today, uh, you switched ends a little bit. Yeah. You got a classic wicket, that first LBW, I'd imagine you really enjoyed because that, that's a very modern off-spinner's wicket. A guy yeah. playing for the spin and yeah. LBW a, a couple on of, review. A couple of them sort of spun and held and then that one kicked on and more relief for me to get my first first wicket. Um, 
as you can see from my celebration, I certainly enjoyed it. And then I was a bit panicky because obviously they reviewed it and I didn't sort of didn't know too much, but luckily it was hitting the stumps. Yeah, so there's a sort of anti-climax in a way because you had the celebration, then you had to wait for the Oh, you can celebrate review. again. You can celebrate twice. Oh, that's that's the best thing it. about it. No, yeah, no, it was a little bit nervous because if, if it wasn't out, then I'll, you look like a bit of a muppet, don't you, when you celebrate, but... And what about the batting? Because, you know, you were batting at number nine or ten for Somerset even this year, I think. Yeah. And you've now got 100 for the Lions and a 90 in uh, county yeah, cricket. For MCC. Sorry, 100 for uh, yeah. MCC. 90 for uh, Somerset. the team, Somerset. Yeah. And now a 50 and a 49 for England. I mean, that's quite a change. Because you wouldn't probably have necessarily bat your batting a year ago, would you? I always, it's funny, I always back well, myself. Back yeah, batting, yeah, I do. But yeah, to do as well as that. Yeah, um, but that's, I like to see, think that's my credit that I put into my batting and my fielding as well. I work really hard on my fielding and I think to get in a side you have to be a three-dimensional player as a youngster um, and if there's two sort of youngsters um, in the game and one can, one's working hard on all three and the other one's just a spinner, then you'd obviously potentially look to go for that um, sort of player who can um, is a three-dimensional player and yeah like you say I've worked really hard on my batting but um, I do see myself as someone who can hold it and like it's quite funny as I was walking in last uh, t- last night two nights ago sort of laughing to a couple of the boys because I was like oh back for all for England now like it's one of the things you'd never really think about it's great to see Cheers. thank you congratulations very much. Well, that's Dominic Best. What I love about him is just his enthusiasm for the game. It really comes across, doesn't it? I mean, you say, well, he's 20 years old. Why wouldn't he be enthusiastic? He's, he's playing for England. But there's a, you know, a real sense of positivity from him. And you look at his cricket, and he's a, a really good, promising, all-round cricketer. Is he good enough, though, to trouble those Indian batsmen? Well, at the moment, no, definitely not. His off-spin is too inconsistent. Uh, he's got some raw material there. He's definitely got... The, the ability to bowl, but he hasn't got the control. He's bowling a little bit too either short or too full. He bowled a full to- few full tosses today. I think he probably doesn't turn the ball quite enough, but that will come with a bit more confidence, with a bit more experience, perhaps with, you know, with a bit more tuition. I, I asked him today you know, whether he talked to many of the prominent off-spinners of the last 10 or 15 years. He hasn't even met Graham Swan, which is a shame. Uh, he has talked to Saklane Mushtak and found his input useful and a little bit to, to Peter Such, who's the England spin bowling main coach. But I feel he just needs to play a lot more cricket. I mean, he's only played 18 first-class games. You know, he needs to play 40, 50, 60 first-class games before yeah. he starts to really get a sense of how to bowl in different conditions and certainly how to bowl on flat pitches. Actually, interestingly, he said one of the best experiences he's had in his career is playing in Adelaide playing in club cricket where the ball didn't turn and he learned then about control but that's only club cricket what he has to learn now is to really try and put the wood on experienced players who are coming after him and there'll be plenty of those in that Indian team so I'm not sure if he could be risked in that series but having said that he's shown he's got this all-round value to his game which Trevor Bayes was saying he turned up to England training two years ago he volunteered to turn up and said I want to be there I want to show you how good I am at fielding and he was electric and he took that incredible catch today so 
he's an exciting prospect who at the moment you know needs quite a lot of fine tuning. He also apparently when when he was England were thinking about a night watchman on Saturday he was he was getting his pads on 45 minutes you know before the close of play you know he was really keen to get out there and be the night watchman I mean if you come back of course it's a great it's not a bad place to go in because no one's expecting too much of you the pressure's not so much on you you think well it's a night watchman if he gets out it's not the end of the world bringing the proper batsman but if you can go out there and, and stick in get into the next day and play some shots and look good which he did then it it really advances your cause it, it is I suppose because He's playing. It is symptomatic of where England are with their with their spinners. The fact that you know a twenty year old is playing. The, the fact that they use Mason Crane in the winter and, and you know another young bowl. It's great to see young cricketers. I think everyone loves to see a, a young, enthusiastic, talented young cricketer. Sam Curran the same. It's good to see him have a, a little bit of success as well. But with spin, generally speaking, you just need that. You, you need really need to learn your craft, don't you? I mean, someone like Graham Swan, who made his Test debut at, at 29, right, probably yeah. a bit late actually. Yeah. He was good enough bowler to play earlier, and you know, he, he had a, a, a fabulous career, 259 Test wickets, starting his career at, at 29. So it shows you what you can do, but it, you know, it does also indicate that England are just, you know, looking around. They they are desperate for for some spinners. I mean, there's definitely um, scope for an off spinner in. The modern game because firstly there's a lot of left-handed batsmen around and obviously you can turn the ball away and also with DRS you only have yeah. to make one ball not turn having seen the batsman seen a couple to spin and you can get potential LBWs as his first yeah. wicket was here you know, classic modern DRS off spinners wicket you know so there's plenty for him to play for I just think it'll take him probably two years of cricket around the world to really fine-tune and, and, and sort of smooth out his general sort of rough edges but uh, there's definitely some potential there and of course one person we haven't mentioned quickly was the star of the show in this test Joss Butler Butler, you know what a selection that has been 250s the highest score in the series and when he comes into bat you want to watch there was a massive sort of anti-climax when Jimmy Anderson was out because (laughs) Butler had just started getting going and you know he was starting to swing that bat and Club the ball out of the park, and it's it's an incredibly exciting thing. Which which he and he's not crude in any of his shots. You know there is this beautiful style and flow to the drives and and, and big hits he plays. The, the timing that he unveils is absolutely amazing. So you know well done to Ed Smith and the selectors for going for Butler, having had no first class wicket at all before this series. I would again just. Urge, urge caution yeah. with Butler up against some of those class Indian bowlers under pressure. He's under class. He was against yeah. class bowlers here, though. I agree. I agree. But he came in at, at, at quite a good time, yeah. and in the second innings at Lords, he came in in, in in a way in quite a good time as well because the game was gone, and so in in a sense the pressure wasn't really on. Do, do, do you understand I what do, I mean by but, that? But you see, I, no, I'm not I'm not denigrating his no, performance. I, I he played really not. well, and I loved. I actually love watching yeah, him play. I, I know you do, but you know also I like his attitude. For instance. At Lords, he was the the guy who tried to come down the pitch, just you know, shuffling, not running down the pitch at Mohammed Abbas, and that gave England the idea to do it in this Test match. They all did it. They all stood out of their crease and they nullified Mohammed Abbas's threat. So you know, in a way, that leadership, that lead, came from Butler. Yeah. Well, you know, let's raise a glass to him, and, and you know, he is a fantastic player to watch. And I, I, I think anybody who enjoys cricket. Would wish him to be successful in in any team that he plays in because he just well, I'm mean, that sexy hit today was a phenomenal stroke. It was like watching an airplane take off. It was an incredible 
blow. He's a sort of smiling assassin, isn't he? Yeah. As well, because he he ponders, he wanders about in this nonchalant way yeah. and hits the ball further than anybody else in history, practically. Yeah. Joe Root was asked afterwards actually about you know whether it was the biggest six he'd seen at Headingley, and he said, "Well, oh, just be careful because Johnny Besto thinks he's hit a bigger six here than that." You know, just that sort of little bit of competition. And there's so much difference between them. Bairstow's all bristle and yeah. sort of muscle, and Butler's all just a natural timing. It's yeah. amazing to see. You said we should mention Joss, but I think we should also mention uh, the Beast. I call him the Beast because Stuart Broad took six for sixty-six. In this test match, uh, he, he, he didn't have a great series in Australia. He came back, he worked on his action. He did take wickets in Christchurch, eight in the match. He's taken six here. You know, perhaps he is seeing the, the fruits of his hard work during the winter. And I, I think, in a way, I mean, there's lots of subplots, as you alluded to, as far as the India series is concerned. I think the Stuart Broad subplot is, is going to be a fascinating one. Can he take the form he's shown in this Test match and in Christchurch, can he take that forward into the India series as well? Because England will need him to bowl really well and challenge those Indian batsmen if they're to be successful, I think, in August and September. Of course, actually, it was uh, against India. I think it was Varun Aaron who hit him in the face and slightly relegated his batting to... A non-event because he's he's, batting he's not average. making any runs now, is he? His batting average before <clears throat> he was hit was twenty-three. Since he was hit, thirteen. Yeah, and the, uh, the only person worse than him in the order, of course, is Jimmy. Yeah. I looked up Jimmy. He scored nine runs in his last yeah. eight innings. I think he should bat right-handed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, you know, let's just finish on that note because well, not on the note of England's poor tail enders, but actually they made seventy-eight runs from the last three wickets mm. in, in this match. So. There wasn't that sort of inevitable collapse which we've seen as well, which was partly due to Butler's impact. So, you know, a fantastic win for England. And as you say, now two months before the next Test match. So we're moving into one-day territory. England now and that's plays. exciting as well, yeah, isn't it? No, because it is. this England one-day side is really worth watching. And, you know, all these players that we've talked about, you know, the likes of Butler and, and Bairstow and a few others coming in as well, they'll be on show in the next couple of months and that and, and that's you know we got the world cup in a year's time so that, that's a, that's re- really exciting in a way it's more exciting than england's test team so we'll look forward to those this time next week and don't forget this podcast is supported by the cricketer magazine and you can get 20 percent off your subscription if you go to the cricketer.com forward slash podcast you'll get 20 percent off your subscription the new issue is out in about 10 days time in the meantime thanks for listening Sports Social Podcast Network.